Hey, everybody. Um, I hope you guys are having a great day. I just want to look right at you and let you know a couple things. The first thing I just felt led to tell you, I want you to know this. I love you and we love you. Your church loves you. Your pastors love you. Your church staff loves you. And we pray for you. We've been praying for you. I've been praying for you every single day throughout the course of uh, this, this journey we've been on. And uh, I just want you to feel that the Lord is, um, is got your, your cares and concerns on the hearts of your shepherds. And that we are praying for your family. We're praying for your job. We're praying for your health. We're praying for your finances. We're praying for the vulnerable in our church. We're praying for you and we love you. And, uh, and so we'll continue to do that. And, and man, I'm just believing God's gonna join us today. Hey, we've been doing a really cool thing in the midst of filming uh, and, and, and shooting these recordings. We've been creating moments where we can pause and create dialogue in the room. We're going to do that again today. So make sure that there's already a leader in the room that's designated. And uh, if you haven't done that, you can all point at the leader right now who's going to be in charge of facilitating the conversation as well as managing the pause button. But I want to go ahead and set you up with an easy question. During these uh, coronavirus days of quarantine, I don't know if you're like me, but we have watched a lot of movies, some brand new and some of yesteryear. So the first question I want to throw into the room for you to facilitate is, which movie is your favorite when you have been stuck inside in these days, okay? Which is your favorite? Maybe you've already watched it. Maybe you've already watched it twice. Maybe you're gonna watch it later today because you're gonna talk about it now. I wanna give everybody a chance to answer that. So push the pause button and we'll be right back now. All right, welcome back. I hope you got to talk about some movies. Uh, I don't know if you're a parent like me and you celebrated at your house the fact that Disney Plus pushed out Frozen 2 into the atmosphere three months early, but we have watched it like eight times already, okay? Frozen 2, we've seen. The Sandlot had to revisit that one. Uh, we've had some other movies that got revisited. Somebody in the room yelled Inception earlier. But you know one of the movies that I watched the other day I had not seen in a very long time? It was actually in 1995, directed by Opie Taylor, a.k.a. Ron Howard. It starred coronavirus survivor Tom Hanks as was a key role. Also, Kevin Bacon was in the movie, all right? Ed Harris was in the movie. Gary Sinise was in the movie. Anybody know the guests of the movie? It is Apollo 13. And so Apollo 13 is a movie about an event that happened back in the day in the United States when NASA was kind of getting up and really, I mean, breaking um, ground and pioneering in space travel and going to the moon. And the story from Apollo 13 is this. They're, they're a plan to be on the moon and something goes malfunctions in the, in the shuttle up in space. And while it malfunctions up in space, everybody back down in Houston I have a problem, we have a problem. Remember that great line that was from this moment? Houston, we have a problem. Mission Control ends up having to work out all the math on how the shuttle up in space was gonna get back home with all of the malfunction. And so envision this, there was a couple of days of incredible stress as mathematicians and physicists down at Mission Control are doing all the math down here. And Tom Hanks and all the Apollo 13 crew are up in outer space trusting and believing that everybody back home is doing the right thing. And it builds to this critical moment where they're about to try to re-enter the Earth's 
atmosphere. You, the scene cuts to mission control where two physicists are arguing in the background. They're upper level physicists and they, they start arguing. And here's the line. They say this. They say, I, I, the parachute situation. What about the, what about the heat shields? What about the angle of trajectory? What about the typhoon? One of the other physicists cuts him off. He says, I know the problems. I know what they are. This could be the worst disaster in NASA history. Ed Harris hears this. He turns around and he says these words to those two physicists in the room at Mission Control. He says, with all due respect, sir, I believe this could be NASA's finest moment. I'm watching that movie scene about a critical moment in human history, and I feel the weight of where we are right now in society. That in the same way, we're at a critical moment where something has malfunctioned and gone wrong that no one planned for. And there's really only two perspectives in the earth right now. There's the perspective out there that is, that is doing all the math and crunching all the numbers and speaking out loud, this is gonna be a disaster. This could be a disaster. And specifically when it comes to the church, I mean, we, we in church world didn't see this coming and people could really go, man, this could be a disaster. But I just wanna say out loud with faith, I believe this is gonna be our finest moment. I believe it is our finest moment and that we are seeing God do some incredible things innovatively, creatively out of the constraints of these days. And I just wanna speak that into your room. And that's why we've been saying in, in this entire series that this whole virus has not happened to us, but instead it's happened for us. And so with faith, that's what we believe, that this virus has happened for us. And so one of the truths about these days is that this pandemic has, has, has not caused panic, but rather this pandemic has exposed our lack of peace in society. The pandemic hasn't caused the panic. Instead, it's exposed something that was already in all of our lives, which is a lack of peace. And so today in this message, what I want to do is accomplish three things. I want to answer three primary questions. Here they are. Number one, I think we all need to be able to know this for ourselves, but for others. Um, and the first one is how do we get peace? How do we get peace? The second one is this, how do we keep peace? And then the third and final one is this, how do we give peace away? How do we get peace? How do we keep peace? And how do we give peace away? Question number one about how to get peace. We really talked about this a few weeks back with Pastor Dan Leanne, and he visited Mark chapter four, and you can go and reread that or listen to that sermon. But the bottom line is we've got to reckon with it that peace only comes from the prince of peace, Isaiah 9 calls him, the person of Jesus Christ. And, and Mark chapter four reminds us that, that peace is not the lack of a storm. Peace is not found in the lack of wind and waves. Peace is not found with the stock market doing all the good things and with our health doing all the good things and with our job doing all the good things. That's not where peace is found. Instead, peace is found in the person of Jesus in the midst of the storm. And so the way that you and I get peace in these days is we invite Jesus into our boat and we find peace in his presence. So hopefully every single room you have Jesus in your boat. I want you to know that that's something you don't have to work for if you don't have it. I know we just a few weeks ago had 77 countries lean into this conversation. And I just want to say that I don't know where you are and what you're going through, but if you do not have Jesus Christ in your boat, all you've got to do is invite him in now. And you can have peace in the midst of a storm 
That's how you get peace. And I want to be so bold as to say a, a couple of things. You're not going to get peace when everything snaps back to normal. You're not going to find peace when fast forward six months and this thing is all settled and the stock market's all stabilized and your job's back to normal and school's back to normal and everything in society. You're not going to find peace there. This, this pandemic, again, like I said, has just exposed our lack of peace. And in six months, you might be medicating it with sports on TV and the NCAA's back up and running again and everything's happening in the norm. And you, you might be medicating it with the busyness of your life, but you will not have peace without Jesus Christ. He is the essence of peace. He is the person of peace. He is the prince of peace. And he is using this for your benefit so that you might see that you need him if you don't already have him. Jesus Christ is how we get peace. The, the second question that I want to get around today is then how do we keep peace? And Mayor mentioned this last week, and I just want to double down on what she said. Um, it's, it's no problem to get peace. All you've got to do to get peace, there's no fight to get peace. You just have to receive it. But there is a fight to keep peace. And so the answer that I want to put before you today from the scriptures, if you've got a copy of the scriptures, is in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And in the, the scriptures, the question of how do we keep peace? What does the fight for peace look like? Here's what Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says. It tells us this, church. It says, do not be anxious for anything. Let me just put a pause button right there and say, that's the Bible. God is speaking to us and he's saying, anxiety is not supposed to be something we wear. It's not a garment that's supposed to fit around your neck or on your, on your shoulders. Be anxious for nothing. But instead, what does he go on to say? Be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will set up guard over what? It'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So here's the deal. The fight to keep our peace is one that we all have to fight, and it's a fight of prayer. And I just want to confess, I believe these days have exposed in all of us, me too, that we need to pray more. Amen? We need to pray more. And that the way that we transition panic to peace as a Christian is through the vehicle of prayer. We move anxiety to peace by praying. And so I want to throw a question into the room today, and I just want to um, invite everyone to be open and honest, as honest as you can be. What's causing you anxious thoughts today? What, what are you anxious about? What's going on right now? Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your school. Maybe it's something else. What, what, where is your anxiety today? Speak it out loud. And then I want to invite one person in the room to pray over the room after everyone. And we're just going to put this to the test. We're going to test and trust God's word that, that we take the anxiety we've got and through prayer, we're going to believe that he's going to send his peace to guard our hearts and minds right now. So I'm going to throw it to your room. What anxieties do you have? And someone conclude in prayer, and then you can push play again in just a few moments. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you felt the spirit of shalom just come and rest, whether you're alone 
in isolation and you're praying there by yourself or with your whole family. God wants the anxiety to be gone and wants his peace to be present. And what a cool image of the of the guard of our hearts and minds is Jesus Christ himself and his peace. That's awesome. I want to move to our, our third question, and I want to ask this one in just a moment. How do we give peace away? We know how to get it. We know how to keep it. But how do we give peace away? Matthew 5, 9 tells us these words. Matthew 5, 9 is Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus says these words. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Another translation says, they shall be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Uh, The point of this is I want to show all of us that peace is not something that sits in in response. Um, But the peace that Jesus talks about is something that is proactive. I want to just say out loud, there's a difference between peacekeeping and peacemaking. He doesn't say blessed are the peacekeeping, although that's important. We need to keep the peace. And that's a reactive kind of thing. He says, no, 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 no. Blessed are the peacemakers. They look for opportunities to go and make peace. And he ties this into our identity as sons and daughters of God. Essentially what he's saying is if you've been born again, you're my kid, then you're going to be proactive in giving peace away. I think one of the things we've learned during this time of of, uh, the COVID-19 virus is what virility is all about, how quickly something can go from one side of the planet to the other 10 times over and back again. I mean, it's amazing how fast this virus is consumed and made its way around the earth. And, And what I believe is in the same way that, listen, the Roman Empire came from Rome to Israel and killed Jesus on a cross, there was a blowback in the moment of Jesus' death that the Roman Empire was also the way by which the gospel traveled all over the known world. And we're in a day-to-day where I think we're being informed by the virility of a virus that hurts our health, that in the blowback of the gospel response, we're going to see, for maybe some of us the very first time, how fast the gospel potentially could travel around the earth. That the virus of Corona teaches us about the peace giving love of Jesus. And it has more potency and is more viral than the virus that we have dealt with in these days. So the third and final question I want to put before us today is simply this. What would you do if you had the cure for the Corona virus? What would you do? I want you to ask that question in your room, and then we'll be back in just a few moments. Awesome. I hope you had some cool answers. I bet somebody had to say out loud, if you had the cure for the coronavirus, what you would do is print your own money. Am I right? Because you would be incredibly wealthy. Somebody might have said you would, you would uh, give it away. Somebody else might have said that you would send it to someone you love, that you know struggling, who is potentially vulnerable to um, the effects of the coronavirus. Others maybe would figure out a way for next year um, to go ahead and get it in mass quantities in production so that every country could vaccinate uh, all of their people the next time this thing comes around. But you know what I know you didn't say? I know nobody said if you had the cure for the coronavirus, 
that you would keep it secret. Nobody said that because you feel the impact of what a cure can do, what it really means to people and how society would be impacted by the goodness of it all. And I wanna just use that as a pivot and say, you know, we may not have come up with the cure for the coronavirus, somebody will and somebody is, I'm sure, but here's the bottom line. We do have the cure for depression. We've got the cure for anxiety. We've got the cure for sin. We've got the cure for death. We've got the cure for loneliness. We've got the cure for panic. We've got the cure for fear. It's ours. And so I just want to put in front of us as we turn and begin to lean into the Easter season, this being Palm Sunday, and as we look forward to the resurrection of our King Jesus, that you and I have the cure in Christ. And our job is to go into all the earth and carry his gospel good news. That's how we had peace made with us. I want to read you first uh, chapter of Colossians here. Colossians 1, 15, verse to 20. And I want you to listen uh, for the, the word peace in this. How did God make peace with us and how do we go make peace with the earth? Here's what Colossians 1, 15 through 20 says. It says this, he, he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. For by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, both visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and all things were created for him. And he, Jesus, is before all things. And in Jesus, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. Jesus is the beginning. He's the firstborn from the dead that in everything Jesus might be preeminent. Now listen right here. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through Jesus, God reconciled to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace by the blood of his cross. Now, in just a moment, we're gonna take communion. But as we take communion, I want you to know you and I have been invited in. First, you need to, see this reality. God has made peace with you. A lot of people are asking the question, is this virus God's judgment? Well, not if you're a Christian, it's not because God's made peace with you. You're at peace. There's nothing that God is doing in judgment. He's removed that. You, you and I in Christ don't look forward to that judgment ever because he's made peace with you. And so that's how we can say, and I'll reiterate that this is not happening again to us. It's happening for us. This is for us to um, be able to utilize and leverage the gospel good news. So it's happening for us. But the, the, the reality is, is that God is inviting us to be peacemakers and to go his kids sharing the gospel good news to make peace with the world that needs it, to, to share it. And so I just want to invite you as we begin to sing in just a moment, and we pray in just a moment to remember that God's made peace with you. And that if you've not yet received it, it's on offer for you today. So I'm gonna pray for us. We're gonna sing, and then I'll come back in just a moment and we will take the elements together. Let me pray. Father, we're your sons and daughters because you have so freely given to us, we can freely give to others. We bring peace to our homes. We can bring peace to our homes and our neighborhoods, our cities and our world. We pray you are honored as we carry the peace you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray, 
Amen.